You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Prior to the start of Christmas, we kind of got sidetracked a little as we started kind of talking about Christmas, um, the coming of Jesus. I had begun a series focusing on the book of Galatians. In particular, we were kind of looking at the freedoms uh, that Christ has given us through his death on the cross and then secured for us through his resurrection from the dead. Now, the freedom that Christ has given to us is true freedom in that they are freedoms that only he can give. Okay, many of us are aware of the human freedoms, uh, the national freedoms that we have bestowed upon us by uh, our founding documents. We've been given the freedom of speech. We've been given the freedom to bear arms. We've been given the freedom of religion. We've been given the freedom uh, to assemble freely are, are just a few of the freedoms that the Constitution has afforded to us. Um, but again, these are freedoms that are, are bestowed, are given to us by mankind, and, and those are freedoms that can be taken or they can be altered as well. The freedoms that Christ brings to us, no human being or founding document can uh, provide or alter because they're given to us by Christ, they're secured through the cross, and because of that, they will never be taken uh, from us or altered in any way. For example, only Christ can give us freedom from fear. I, I can't pass a law, I can't write a document that says every American will be free of fear. We, we cannot be free of the fear of death. We cannot be free from anxiety or worry. We cannot be free from guilt, from shame, from condemnation. Those are freedoms that only Christ can bring uh, to us. This is something human governments can never do, even though they may claim they can. And the book of Galatians was written by the apostle Paul, to believers who were struggling to maintain their spiritual freedoms. They were trying to avoid the temptation of slipping back into old patterns, old rituals, old religions, old rules. And we see this in what Paul writes in Galatians 5.1. He says, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, Keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Now that yoke of slavery is that religious bondage that comes when we're trying to strive to please God through our works, through our behaviors, our performance, rather than trusting by faith in the work of Christ through the cross, and then learning how do we walk that out? How do we live that out in reality? 
That yoke of slavery that Paul is talking about there is when we believe that God still wants to punish us for our sins, our past, instead of believing God's wrath, the penalty of our sins was completely satisfied and our sins were completely paid for through the work of Christ upon the cross. The yoke of slavery is when we try to mix the work of the flesh with the work of the spirit, believing we have to do more to earn God's love because the work of the cross, the victory of the cross, was not enough. The yoke of slavery comes when we believe certain sins cannot be forgiven or that the blood of Christ is limited in who or what it can cleanse. So important. Hear that so many times. But I've committed this sin. You don't understand how many times I've done it. And my response is the same. Is your sin... Is the number of your sins greater and stronger and more powerful than the blood of Christ? Of course not. So again, we always want to believe that for everyone else. We want to believe that for everyone else's sins. But somehow we have trouble believing that for ourselves. True spiritual freedom comes when we receive the truth that nothing is impossible with God, all things are possible through him, that greater is he that is alive and living in me than he that is in the world, and that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is, that is true freedom. That is what will counter any yoke of slavery we may be under. So this morning, I wanna look at one of the pathways that God has given to us to true freedom. It comes from Galatians 2.20. Pastor Bruce kind of hit on this uh, last time he was here, and I meant to follow that up um, that very next week, but uh, God had some other things. But I've I've wanted to get back to this uh, because it really was a confirmation uh, of where I kind of felt like God was going when when, uh, Pastor Bruce touched on this. And there it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, get that, he loved me, and if that's not enough, he gave himself for me. Simply put, what Paul's telling us is the only way to true, complete, lasting freedom is to recognize that when Christ was crucified upon the cross, we were at the same time. When he was crucified, so were we. It resulted in his death and our death as well. And the only way to live now is to live through Christ living in and through us by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that, that's the, 
Paul just hammers this home in so many different places. And he just talks about when Christ died, you died. When he was buried, you were buried. When he was resurrected, you were resurrected. When he ascended to the Father, you also now sit at the right hand of the Father with him. That, that's true freedom. So in this verse, we kind of learn three things that once we believe them, and once we just begin to act on, on this, and, and we just begin to live our lives as, as though this were true, we will experience true freedom. And first is, I've got to die to my past. And we do that through the crucifixion. Every one of us have this invitation, you can die to your past. No matter how bad it is, no matter how much of a mess you've made it, I mean, I, I've seen some people that have made such a mess of their lives that God couldn't possibly mess it up anymore if he tried. They, they've done a thorough, complete job of messing it up. But God is able to take all of that, as we kind of saw through that video, God is able to take all of that and redeem it and, and take every mistake, every failure you have ever made in life no matter, again, how, how often you've done it, how bad, God can take it and God can use it for good in your life. Only God can do that. I can't. I can't do that for me. I can't do that for you. But God can. Now, this concept of I have been crucified with Christ, again, it, it it's, can seem strange to the average believer because our first thought may be, how is that possible that I have been crucified with Christ when I wasn't even there the day he was crucified? So uh, that just doesn't make any sense. How do I die and yet live? It seems kind of like an oxymoron. I mean, you know, even Jesus at one time uh, uh, said, um, even though you die, yet shall you live. Doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, if you're thinking about this logically, purely from a human logic point of view, it doesn't make any sense. How do you die and yet live? Now, Paul gives us some additional insight there in Romans 6, 6, and he says, knowing this, that our old man, and again, he's talking about that old sin nature. He said, was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, and, and get this, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. That's why he died. That's why he was crucified for our sins so that our, our body of sin, our past of sin could be done away with and that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We're, we're no longer yoked with that slavery to sin that uh, we talked about earlier. So what was crucified or done away with when Christ was crucified was our old sin nature. That had to be crucified. That had to be done away with. That had to be killed in order that we would no longer be bound to our past. We would no longer be bound to the power and the penalty of our past sins. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift, free gift 
of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The death of Jesus Christ upon the cross was that he paid that debt in full. Your sin, my sin, the sin of the world, past, present, future sins, he paid all of that. And he has freed us to now receive the free gift of eternal life. Now again, we know prior to going to the cross, Jesus was without sin. And it's while he's on the cross, hanging there, dying there, that it, he takes the sins of the world upon himself. Again, those sins of the past, present, and future. He takes your sin, my sin, upon himself. And as he dies there upon the cross with the sin of the whole human race, and once he dies, God declares the penalty for sin has been paid for and completely satisfied through the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. The penalty that God demanded for sin, which we said was death, right? For the wages of sin is death. So that penalty that God demanded for sin, it was completely and totally satisfied through the death of Jesus Christ upon the cross. So when you and I, when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, would you go to that, those last two slides there? I, I wanna kind of talk a little bit about this. Um, here's what God's plan and path for salvation is. So Romans chapter 10 um, beginning in verse eight. And here's what Paul says. What does it say? Now, he's talking about the word here, the, the Bible, the scriptures. What does it say? The word is near you, and Paul says it's so near you, it's in your mouth. It's so near you, it's in your heart. That's how near it is to you. The word of faith that we are preaching, and then he's going to tell you what that word of faith that they're preaching is, and this is what he says, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, okay, those three words, Jesus is Lord, if you profess that, if you say that with your mouth, if you speak those words, Jesus is Lord, and then he says, and, you add to that, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. That is, is that what we talked about. He went to the cross. He took the sins of all mankind, your sin, my sin, past, present, future. He took all of that upon himself on the cross. When he died, he, he completely satisfied. He met God's demand for the penalty of sin. He died in our place. He who knew no sin, the scripture says, he who knew no sin, that's Jesus, became sin for us in our place that we might be the righteousness or are in right standing with God, in right relationship so he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so that's what he's talking 
about there. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So he dies on the cross, he goes in the tomb. Three days later, he's resurrected to eternal life. That is what the scriptures teach. That is the word. That is the gospel. That's what Paul's talking about here in Romans 10. He says, that is the word of faith which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, add to that believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, I know that that maybe for some of you sounds too simple. Pastor, if you only knew my past, if you only knew what I did yesterday, you would tell me That's not possible. I am telling you, nothing is impossible. Nothing is too great, too strong, too mighty for God to overcome, to forgive, to redeem, to turn for good. Nothing. So you make that confession with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. You add to that the belief that God did indeed raise him from the dead. You will be saved. He says, for with the heart, now again, that's your spirit. It's not your physical, you know, organ that's pumping blood. Your heart, that's your spirit. For with the heart, a person believes. What do they believe? Just what Paul said, that he was raised from the dead three days later. He says, when you believe that in your heart, he said, what that does is it results in righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness just simply says that you're in right standing with God now. You've made that profession of faith, Jesus is Lord with your mouth. You believed in your heart, God raised him from the dead. That belief of, of, of God raising Jesus from the dead, Paul says that will result in righteousness, right standing with God. And with the mouth, he confesses. What does he confess? Jesus is Lord. That's that's what Paul says. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And he said, when you make that confession with your mouth, you know what happened? It results in salvation. It really is that simple. Now let me tell you why sometimes people miss this. And it's a very, very interesting scripture in Hebrews chapter four, verse two, and you can put that up there for me, Lori. For indeed the gospel, now what is the gospel? I just told you the gospel. For indeed the gospel was preached to us, Paul's talking about himself, as well as to them, everybody else. So the gospel's preached to us, to them, so everybody. But the word, which Paul said, it's, it's in you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. God put it there. It's there. Now, now you may have suppressed that truth. You may have pushed that truth aside to, to do whatever it is you want to do. You, you, you have suppressed that truth, that lie and unrighteousness. But Paul says, but the word which they heard did not 
profit them. So there are people that can just hear what I said, what I just told you about Romans chapter 10, and there are people who will not hear that word. They won't, they won't be able to respond to that word in the way in which, which Paul would, would want you to, with the way God would want you to, and he says, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So you, you can hear what I just said, but if you don't mix that with faith, it will profit you nothing. And that's not just true with salvation. That's true with healing. That is true with deliverance. How much faith do you think God requires for salvation, for healing, for deliverance? Mountain size? Mustard seed. How big's a mustard seed? Yeah, it's very, very tiny. As a matter of fact, if I would have put a mustard seed in all of your bulletins this morning, you'd have lost it by now and you wouldn't have even known it. It's so small. Paul says if, if you take faith, and it's never about quantity. It's always about quality. You don't have to have a mountain size of faith. And, and it can be a mountain size of the wrong kind of faith. It's not going to do you a bit of good. But if you have a small little mustard seed of biblical faith, Jesus said that faith will move mountains. But what the writer in Hebrew says is that there are oftentimes words that are given to us, promises of God, things God has said, I will do for you. And, and he said oftentimes we do not profit from those promises simply because uh, it was not, the promises of God were not mixed with faith to those who heard it. That's probably the biggest barrier for some of us when it comes to salvation, when it comes to healing, when it comes to deliverance. And by deliverance, I'm talking about deliverance from alcohol, deliverance from drugs, uh, deliverance from shopping, deliverance from eating addictions, any kind of addiction, anything that has got you enslaved. Jesus can deliver you from that. When we take the promises of God and we just add a mustard seed size of faith to that, it profits us greatly. Now I say that this morning because I, I don't oftentimes go into that detailed of, an, of a description of what it really means to be saved, to have salvation. Ecclesiastes says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. One of the ways that God created all of us is God has placed within us this sense, this understanding, even though it may not be very fully developed, there's kind of this sense of, of eternity in us. And, and I think every one of us in this room can, can agree we were never created to die, right? We know that. 
We know that um, in, inside, we know that we were meant, we were created to live forever. And that's why everybody's scared to death of death because we know we were never created to die. That is that eternity kind of saying something's not right here. And Jesus came to right that wrong. And, and that is part of that word that is in you. God put it there. He put that word in your mouth, in your heart. To be able to say those words, Jesus is Lord. To be able to believe that God raised him from the dead so that you could be saved. And it's that belief. When, when you believe that, it does something. It has an effect, and that is it results in righteousness, right standing. I'm good with God. I'm in good standing with God. And when you confess, it says the, the, those words, it results in salvation. I am saved. And it's not because those words are magical. It's because we mixed it with faith. And faith is just simply agreeing with what God said. God said it, I believe it, that's faith. God said it, I'm gonna act on it, that's faith. So this morning, I wanna just take an opportunity here this morning to give you a chance to take what you're hearing and to begin to mix that with faith. Maybe there are those of you this morning, I don't know all of you. I don't know where you're at in your walk with God. Some of you may be here this morning and you're searching and, and, and you know in your heart of hearts that you don't know who God is. You maybe don't know Jesus. Maybe this is the first time anyone has ever explained to you what it means to be saved. And simply to be saved means that when, and, and, and it's not just a when you die, that's part of it, but there's so many benefits that God has for you in this life. God has provided everything for, 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 your, uh, for your godliness here um, and for the life to come. And, and so that's what he wants to, that, that's what he's saving you from. He's saving you from your past and he's bringing you into a new life, an eternal life that begins now, today, this moment. And when you leave this earth, you simply leave this body behind. Everything that made you who you are goes to be with Jesus. That's, so, so being saved, it, it, it simply means I'm leaving my past behind. I am allowing myself to be crucified with Christ so that as I no longer live, but now Christ lives in me through the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So if you've never done that, I just want to give you an opportunity this morning just to take that mustard seed of faith and mix it with the promise, the word of God this morning. So I was going to ask if you would just please uh, oblige me. I, I'm just going to ask for you just to bow your heads. Um, not asking you to, to look around. This is again a time for you to just ask God to examine your heart and, and ask yourself 
Where are you in your relationship with God? The Bible says that God desires all persons, all mankind to be saved and in a relationship with him. That is God's heart for you. That is God's desire. Having a relationship with you to forgive you of your sins, that is God's number one priority when it comes to you. He wants to have a relationship with you. It's not a question of does God want to have a relationship with you. The question is do you. So if you've never ever done that this morning and you're just simply saying, Pastor, I, I, I want to believe with my heart that, that God raised Jesus from the dead. I believe that with my heart. And I, I want to just speak out those words, Jesus is Lord. And I want to mix all of that with faith this morning. And as a matter of fact, as I'm speaking, you're doing that right now. Some of you may just be whispering to yourself, Jesus is Lord. Again, the Bible says that we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. No one can say those words, Jesus is Lord, unless the Holy Spirit is giving you the power and the ability to do that right now. So maybe you're just saying that for the first time, and, and, and you've said it before, but you've never believed it. But today, you're saying it, and you believe it. You don't have to understand it all, but you believe it. I just simply want you just to raise your hand this morning. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not here to embarrass you. But you're just here this morning and you're, you, you're saying, I want, I want to be saved. I want to know that when I die, I go to heaven. I want to know that God is redeeming and using my past right now. Good, thank you. You can put those down. I'm just asking now if there's anybody here this morning and, and you want uh, deliverance. We've talked about it. We sang about it here this morning. I believe there are those of you here this morning, I can, I can feel it in the room. There are those of you this morning that are in, in, in a, uh, slavery. You are enslaved. You are in bondage. I feel that there is, uh, there is bondage to alcohol, there is bondage to drugs, there is bondage to uh, spending, there is bondage in here to depression. I feel depression in here this morning. Some of you are bound by depression, some of you are bound by sickness. I, I feel that there is sickness uh, in here, it, it's physical sickness and God wants to deliver you. Um, this morning. What I'm going to do is, uh, again, part of this is, is, is it's taking that mustard seed of faith. The Bible says, by his stripes you were healed. That healing is for everything. There is nothing that the stripes of Jesus Christ are not able to heal, to redeem, and to set you free from. And so if you're here this morning and, and you're, you're asking God that you want deliverance this morning, and it doesn't just have to be those things that I named. I'm just telling you the things I'm kind of sensing and feeling in the room this morning. I feel there's doubt and unbelief here this morning. One of the greatest prayers, somebody prayed in the New Testament, they said to Jesus, help my unbelief. 
That is a prayer that God will answer. I, I feel that there is, uh, there's doubt and disbelief in the room this morning. And some of that doubt and disbelief may simply be, I've asked God to do this before, but he's never done it. Well, maybe it's never been mixed with faith. And this morning, we're going to mix that with faith. Father, we just ask for breakthrough in this place, Lord. There's so many needs, but one God, one Savior of all, Father. We thank you for that, Lord. We pray, Father, that you would just begin to impart the gift of faith. That, Father, what they are asking for, what they're believing for, what they're hoping for, Father God, that you would just begin uh, to meet that need now for them. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that there is no condemnation, there's no guilt, there's no shame. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just give them right now again that, that, uh, that mustard seed of faith, God, that they could begin to take that and just mix that with that promise that you have given to them to forgive, to redeem, to restore, to heal, to deliver. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the gift of righteousness. We thank you for the gift of right standing. We thank you for being in proper, biblical, godly relationship with you this morning. Father, I pray for any bondages, bondages of alcoholism, bondages of drug addiction, bondages of, again, of depression. We thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, sickness is being eradicated. Disease is being taken away in this place, Father. We thank you for that. Father, I pray that people would feel your love right now. That, God, people would feel your favor this morning. That people would, would feel your delight in them this morning. God, God wants you to feel his delight this morning. God wants you to know you're not alone this morning. He is with you. And his promise is he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you, no matter how bad it gets. He is with you. He is for you. He loves you and he has given himself to you. And our job is simply just to receive what he has given, that free gift of eternal life. That gift of eternal life, it, it covers everything. It is in essence freedom, complete, true freedom. And Father, we thank you that that gift of eternal life is that we can know you and the one you sent your son Jesus Christ we can know you personally deeply intimately in friendship we can know you and we can be known by you so father this morning we just come Lord and ask that you would do what only you can do that you come complete in love and grace you come fully clothed in mercy and goodness this morning. Father, again, we thank you for eternity that's been placed in our hearts. Father, we thank you again for that word, the word, the gospel. 
that that word is in our mouth, it is in our heart. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you would take that, that you would root that deeply in our hearts, in our minds, in our thinking, in our living. And that from that seed of the word, Lord, that it would begin to grow and to produce great fruit in our lives. That is our desire, to be fruitful for you, to make you famous, to be able to testify to your goodness, to your kindness, Father. We thank you for that. And I thank you, Father, for that promise that says what you have begun, God, you are faithful to complete it. What God is beginning in this room this morning, what God is doing in your heart here this morning, the word says that God will be faithful to complete it. So we thank you for the greater work that you're doing in this place this morning, Father. The greater work of salvation, of healing, of deliverance, Father. We thank you for that. We thank you for the blood of Christ, which cleanses us. We thank you for the cross of Christ, which frees us. In Jesus' name we pray. I don't want to... You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org.